The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable and they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steeped coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. It's like the opposite of paleo. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't even know what... Macaroni salad? Yeah. Is that what he means? Yeah, it's like sounds, macaroni and mayonnaise. Sounds gross. It's pretty weird. Depends on what kind of mayonnaise it is. Yeah. If it was like a real mayonnaise, mm. like a homemade... It's just eggs, right? Yeah. Eggs? What is mayonnaise? It's egg and something. Egg and oil? Egg and oil. And salt and... I was watching the Great British Baking Show, and I was, like, surprised at how the simplest things can be so hard. Dude. Making bread. Baking is, like, a whole different world. It's like the stuff is alive. Yeah. And just, you could under or overproof something just a little bit, and you could blow it. There's, like, it's just like coffee. There's so many steps where you can blow it. Or you could <laughs> you could knead it too much. Yeah. You could work the dough, whatever <laughs> Paul Hollywood says. I actually just had that experience because I made some, I really wanted to make some brioche donuts in the style of, like, general porpoise. Yeah. Like, those, like, really puffy, like, you know, kind of, like, just brioche is, like, an enriched dough. So it has, like, butter and eggs and, like, all the stuff in it. I didn't need it enough, dude, and it didn't rise properly. You didn't smack it around enough. I didn't smack it around enough. You gotta like throw it at the, <laughs> throw it at the breadboard over and over again. Yeah, you gotta throw it down. Just like smack it. Yeah, I was watching people just, like, just drop the hammer on bread. It's really <laughs> violent. Yeah, I respect uh, bakers quite a lot. They know Je- what they're doing. Jenny and I were gonna try to bake some stuff, dude. Give ourselves permission to eat whatever we want. That's great, as long as we make it. From scratch. I'm about that. You know? Yeah. Because I don't want to come into the cafe and eat a thousand pastries because that's right. just not good for me. But it's too if I put easy. in the time, yeah. make my own Queen Amon, hey, I should be able to eat that. And, and you're not going to do it all the time. I'm not going to make that shit every day. It takes a lot of time. No, no. That takes a long time. Yeah. It's like a weekend thing. Yeah, totally. You cook all the time. Multiple days. Multiple Dude, days. Yeah. The only I've never made anything that's more than like an overnight process. I've never made like a two or three day thing. What would be an example of a three day thing? <sighs> like if you do like sourdough bread, mm. it could be like multiple days. Um, Is that just the proofing? You would like, yeah, you would like proof it. A lot of people proof it like overnight in the fridge. Okay. Or you could do like a 24 hour fermentation or like even longer in the fridge. Like the idea being like the longer you ferment it, the more flavor develops and stuff. But fermenting, that's different than proofing it, right? Or is it the same? It's Fermenting is like, uh, I don't know. I'm pretending like I know what I'm talking about. I don't really know. Because I watch TV for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I know Paul Hollywood. I'm like, I personally. watch TV for an hour. Now it's I like, know what's up. I always think of proofing as like you're proving that the dough is like 
active and it's alive. Just, it's rising up, right? Yeah, totally. Well, this is the Cat and Cloud Bread <laughs> Podcast. Chris Baca with Alex Mars, and we're here to teach you all about bread. We only semi know what we're, we're talking about. We're brilliant. We'll get Aaron on here from Companion to <laughs> yeah. talk about bread. Aaron. We got know. something sick this week. Oof. Something utterly, amazingly disgusting. Inspiration. That Alex found. Ooh. You found it. Dude. I found it, but really, we all found it. We all found it. So we use Basecamp here to do our organization, project management. The company runs on it. We don't mm. use email too much. Well, you use email a lot because you deal with Externally. people outside of the organization a lot of the time. Yeah. But for internal communication, we use Basecamp. And yep. Basecamp, the people at Basecamp have written a couple books. And this is their newest edition, and this came out just probably like a week ago, Yeah, titled, It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. Yeah. And you found this because they just popped it up on Basecamp, right? Yeah, I was on Basecamp one morning, and they advertised it on the, on the top, like the pop-up bar. Like, hey, we have a new book. And I was like, holy shit, you sneaky bastards. <laughs> How do you feel about the advertisement? I mean, I think it's cool. They should definitely do that. Like, they have, like, I think it says in the book they have, like, 100,000 businesses that use Basecamp. So yeah. it would be kind of silly for them to not do it. It was pretty non-intrusive. Yeah, it was neat because it was just a text. It wasn't a pop-up in the way that you install these right. pop-up things to where every website you go to has some annoying fucking square that jumps out at you <laughs> that says, hey, you're an asshole. Enter this code for 25% <laughs> off. We don't care about you. Yeah. It was just like this little bar at the top of your regular user page that says, hey, we have a new book. Right. Here's a link to it if you want it. No big deal. It's true. So you hit me that the book was there. Yeah. And then I immediately jumped on Amazon and immediately stopped myself. Yeah. And turns out our bookstore, Santa Cruz, Bookshop Santa Cruz, has, you can check their inventory online. Yeah. Which was awesome. That was crazy. It was amazing. I couldn't believe that. It says, on our shelves. I just, for some reason, I like forget all the time how amazing our bookstore is. Like, I'm always like, oh, they're like a small local place. They probably don't have it. Like the stuff that I'm looking for. They do. It's cool when your local place is actually a big, awesome place. Right. Like, they're clearly, like, they're, like, you know, top-notch book bookstore. They're top-notch. They're down. So they had two yeah. copies on their shelves the day yeah. that it launched. So we went down and just bought both of them. One for me, one for you. Forget about it. <laughs> Done. I was hyped because the first ever business productivity, whatever you want to call it, book that I ever read was Rework, right. which was by the Basecamp people. And this expands on some of those ideas. It develops some of those ideas. And, yeah, I, it was, I don't even know how to break it down. It's really, it's really inspirational. It's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, it starts with the title. It doesn't have to be crazy at work. And the essence <laughs> of the book is they're kind of advocating for what they call a calm working environment. Yeah. And they break down a lot of examples, a lot of ways they use this calm environment to, I don't know, create this really amazing place where people can work and not feel like they have to be stressed out all the time, like they have to work overtime, or that if you don't work overtime, you're not chipping in enough. You, yeah. can, you can work your regular eight hours, still get a lot done, and not feel bad about it. Right. You, know, you don't have to kill yourself to make progress. And, man, the thing I love about this book, so some of you might know, my former life is in the tech industry and as a software developer. And 
pretty much the stuff they're talking about in this book is like a large part of the reason that I left that industry because I just felt like that was like the status quo was like, Oh yeah, we're working on this project, but like we're all super passionate about it. So yeah, let's spend like, you know, an extra let's one time I stayed until 4am at work with my boss. That's insane. Cause he was like, yeah, let's push this thing out. And I was like, for sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say no? Probably not. Do uh, <laughs> I have permission? Freak. But so I just really love that they're like, you know, they're in the software industry. They're an app and they are changing the game. And that's freaking awesome. It's cool too, looking at it from the business owner's point of view, because in this phase or era where one, Everybody thinks to be an entrepreneur, whatever the fuck that means. I fucking hate that word. <laughs> yeah. When people tell me that I'm that, I'm like, no, I'm not. Entrepreneur. I'm not that at all. <laughs> and if you are that, I probably don't want to be your friend. Right. But I don't know. It Like, you have to kill yourself to get what you love. And there's a lot of hard work that goes into starting something. And I'd be lying yeah. if I said it wasn't challenging. But you don't have to continue to punish yourself just for the culture. You don't have to right. be like, hustle, on the grind, 24-7, bro, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And that's how the book opens, which yeah. how many times have you asked people, how's work going? And they're saying, dude, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy work. What's work. going on? Dude, just fucking crazy. It's like, wh- why? What's, <laughs> what what's, if we told you it doesn't have to be crazy? What if we told you it doesn't have to be so crazy? So it's... Yeah. Um, hmm, where to start? How where to start? Down. I don't know how you break it down. I mean, we can touch on some of our favorite parts yeah. and how they apply to what we do here and how the tech world might be a little bit different mm. than a coffee shop or retail, retail-based world. Right. The first part of the book talks about ambition, goals, and the mindset of going into business. And the, the biggest thing that struck me in this first quarter or whatever the book was, they don't have any goals. Crazy. And they don't have goals, meaning they don't have an annual sales goal. They don't have a goal for how many users they want to get on the platform or accrue. They don't have any of that stuff. Yeah. They basically like just say that goals are like this artificial thing that while it's cool, like you can work towards your goal at the end of the day, like you get there and then you're like, cool. All right. What's the next goal? (laughs) And I think part of it's a mindset thing to identifying what your passion yeah. is and what you want to be working on. So let's say you are in our wholesale partner program. You run that program. So you could take a goal that's like, all right, we're going to get to 20,000 pounds by the end of this date. Yeah. And then every day you wake up and try to fulfill that mission Mm. of getting to 20,000 pounds. But that's actually not really what you're passionate about. And that number by itself isn't really a good metric of success as to like how well we're doing. Totally. To where they're taking kind of the same approach that you take with the program is like, hey, let's continually improve our platform. Yeah. Let's continue to make the people who are partners happier. Let's increase our services. Let's increase our resources, things that we give the partners. And that, over time, will turn itself into growth. Right. We don't have to worry about the number. We need to focus on user experience. Totally. And then people will people will be juiced enough exactly. to where it grows itself. And they're like, it's not like they're not wanting to grow and, like, you know, add more users to their platform. Because, you know, their business, they, they want to grow. They want to, like... Ch- I was about to say they want to change the world, but <laughs> they don't really want to change the world. They just, they just want to 
do awesome things that they do. There's literally a chapter called <laughs> Don't Change the <laughs> Don't World. Don't Change the World. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're like the pet moji. We're pet moji. We, uh, we're changing the world of like we're pet just, insurance. Yeah, totally. Or something <laughs> like that. We're just throwing, throwing shade at that. So funny. That but idea, I, which I, I think yeah. that that really resonates because, you know, like you said, they do want to grow. Yeah. But what they're seeing is if they continue to focus on the things that they love, the growth comes. And as long as they're profitable yeah. and as long as there is some increase, it doesn't matter if it's 2%. It doesn't matter if it's 5%. It doesn't right. matter if it's 15 Because over time, that slow and steady progress leads to slow and steady growth in a way yeah. that's super sustainable. And they mentioned that yeah. since the beginning, they've been in the black the whole time. They've yeah. been profitable since day one, day one yeah. as a company. And crazy. They acknowledge that they're leaving a ton of money on the table. Right. They've taken no venture capital funding. They acknowledge that it's there and they could probably have, you know, millions more user on the platform, which would translate into like right. shit fuck tons of money for them. Yeah. But that's not what they're excited about. Dude, I love that their concept is also for leaving money on the table. They, so like if like a company, like a huge company, like Google signed up to use Basecamp, they would still just be paying 99 bucks a month right. for the service. It would be the same as we pay. Exactly the same. Which is insane. So it's not a pay per user thing. It's a pay yeah. for your organization. Which was interesting the way they put it because they were like, cool, if we like take on a company like Google and they expect to, you know, and we ask them to pay like this amount you know, per user or something, then we're going to have to basically bend over backwards for them, compromise our values. And there's a potential world where you get indebted to people who give you the most money. Yeah. So if Google's paying you like 10,000 times more than any other business and they want X feature, you're more likely to compromise your values to be like, yeah, 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 totally. I don't know. Uh, uh, sure. We'll do it for you. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But now everyone's on the everyone's on the same playing field. So insane. Which is which is pretty it's pretty sick. Yeah. It's pretty sick to see people leave that there just because they believe that's the way to do it. I mean they could flip a switch and have millions of more dollars. Totally. Which I which I think is sweet. And what that translates for for you or for us at least is waking up every day knowing what we believe in and knowing yeah. like what our vision of the perfect world is right. and working to accomplish that regardless of what else is going on. We yeah. don't have to compare ourselves to other businesses. We don't have to feel weird because we're not the biggest coffee roasting company. It doesn't really matter who our competitors are, what they're doing, who's got what accounts. It just, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, question one, are our wholesale partners happy? Are they looking to stick with us? Question two, are we growing like some amount year over year? Are we losing money? Like if we're losing money, then, you know, that's a problem. That's just like a fundamental business problem right. <laughs> that we have to like, you know, think about changing our whatever systems. But um, yeah, dude, those two things are like sick. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and I love where they talk about taking that FOMO, that fear of missing out yeah. and turning it into the JOMO, Jomo. <laughs> the joy of missing out. Hey, hey, my name's Jim. Wasn't there? Wasn't involved? Great. That's awesome. Now I have the freedom to do something else. Right. Don't have to worry about keeping up with the Joneses. That's awesome. Now that Gosh. that pressure's off, I can just I can just do my own thing. I love that. Uh, the second part of the book transitions into the idea of time and that hits on the fact that, cool, we have so much more technology available. We're more connected 
than ever before. But for some reason, we're getting less done at work. We're working longer hours. We're stretching ourselves out. Yeah. And they make the argument that it's, it's just the, the quality of work that's being done because of severely distracted work environments, yeah. basically. <laughs> like, where do you want to go if you want to get work done? Not work. Not work. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get work done at work. And we see that here. I mean, totally. we're at Portola right now. This is the worst place for me to get work it's done. It's tough. Yeah. It's borderline impossible. Yeah. You really got to, like, put your headphones on and really zone in. And even then, you just want to be a part of the energy here. Yeah. So it's hard to, like, stay focused. You're going to get sidebarred or you're going to sidebar yourself because it's that song of the siren is too strong. That FOMO JOMO. <laughs> FOMO JOMOs hit you, hit you too hard. Yeah. But I, I think some of the, the key like takeaways from that part of the book was I love the idea of what they call library rules mm. for the workplace environment. So they talk about the modern open office floor plan and how it's just this breeding ground for just disaster interruption. Yeah. You're working on something. Someone else is going to come up to you and be like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Oh, what's up? Oh, or just <laughs> even go around and high five each other. So right. they invoke what they call library rules, which is exactly what you think it is. Everybody knows how to behave themselves in a library. There's right. no question to what is like ethical behavior in a library. You go in, you're quiet, people are focused. Even if you see someone you know, you let them complete their work, you go about what you're doing, and you can yeah. talk outside the library. I thought that was pretty cool. True, true. So it might be something to play with if you have an open office floor plan. Heck yeah. And like on the time front, I love that they're just like, basically we work eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, like period. Done. <laughs> Maybe less too. Well, they work 32 hours a week because they work four yeah. hour week, four hour days. What am I saying? Four, four days a week. Four days a week. Yeah. Four days a week during the summer months. They take Fridays off in the summer, which is tight. But, like, I just, yeah, I think it's really easy to get sucked into your work and to be, like, I have this problem, I know, as a part of myself that I've just developed over different different jobs and time where I'm just, like, yeah, I just want to, like, work a little bit more, just want to get a little bit more done. But, like, dude, there's always tomorrow. And, like, even if something happens that's, like, you know, oh, man, it would have been really good to do that. It's, like, no, dude, there's tomorrow. Like, It'll totally be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Probably yep. one to two real emergencies every year. Right. Other yeah. than that, it's nothing, nothing is going to burn down. Exactly. It's a, it's a really kind of weird thing to deal with. Yeah. In the sense of if you didn't show up to work for two weeks and then came back, pretty much everything would be basically the same as it would before. Right. It's, it, like, it makes you feel a little fun. bit less important, but I think, I think that's good. That's a good thing. It's healthy. Yeah. You know? It's not, the world isn't riding on your shoulders. Right. Which is, and I love the analogy they used about, think of how much you can get done in eight hours if you yeah. really protect your time. And they use the example of, if you're flying from New York to London, <laughs> that's like about an eight hour flight. And think yeah. of how long that plane ride feels. So and it long. feels long because it is long. Because you have this block of uninterrupted time, there's nothing else going on. Right. And if you could work in some sort of thing like, Mimicking that efficiency, you get so much stuff done. Totally. But Which I, is like that, like, I'll get back to you whenever right. chapter. That's oh, basically God. like everybody tends to, like, expect an immediate response to the questions they ask. <laughs> like, hey, did you get my email? Hey, did you get my ping? Hey, now I'm calling you. Hey, now I'm calling your friend. <laughs> is that where they talk about the office hours? I think so, yeah. Yeah. For experts? For experts. I, 
I love that. So I love. Sick. Yeah. Should we break that down? Break real quick? it down. Um, office hours. So there's people in your organization that will have special skills that you need to help out with things. So yeah. what they do is all of their experts have a certain time during the week where they have office hours. Right. So let's say you are our technology expert, which I think you are. CTO. <laughs> CTO. <laughs> of a coffee company. And your office hours are on Thursday from 2 to 3. Yeah. If I have a problem on Monday, what I have to do is... One, wait for your office hours on Thursday, yeah. or two, figure it out myself. Totally. The third option is that I don't do anything, Thursday rolls around, and I realize that I don't actually even need you yeah. because it wasn't that big of a deal to begin with. Right. But people kind of have a tendency, I think, to default to like emergency status and be like, oh, gosh, this is a problem. I need this answered now. But like, almost nothing really is. And I think what you can do as an employee or as a company, because you really need to set this tone from the top down, yeah. is create that culture to where it's okay for people to wait on things. It's actually expected that you're going to wait on stuff. Yeah. And I, I made a video about this, but it, it's, let's say you can attack your day one of two ways. One, you can attack your day waking up in the morning, knowing exactly what your goals are because you already set them for that week, that month, that work cycle or whatever. Right. You go into work and you do the work that you need to do to move the big needle forward. Yeah. You crush that work. And then at the end of the day, you can check your email, check your base camp to see what goes on. Totally. And even then, you can decide if it's important enough to respond or not. Hang till later. The other way to work is you can get up in the morning with no idea what you're going to do, <laughs> check your email, and allow other people's motives to drive your day. Big time. So you can get up and be like, oh, Alex needs this for me. So-and-so needs this for me. Yeah. Somebody needs that for me. And then you can get to the end of the day being really, really busy, yeah. but not productive. You haven't moved the needle at all. It's like a really interesting thing for, for my job in particular and Mark's job because um, we are in like a direct like customer service role in the sense that like like if if like nicely from Anadi's text me like that's immediately like dude I want to get back to nicely as soon as I can because he's really important to me and they're important to us and uh, so it's just like interesting I think that's like a that's a really cool like balancing strategy of like like I think the way I want to structure my days is like set aside like specific times where I like look at my email probably more than like you would for example for sure you're doing like heavy project work and then like but be intentional about it so i'm not just like randomly like oh what's going on on email and take, I distract myself and <laughs> realizing who you're in service of because yeah. you are in customer service so a big part of your job is responding yeah like you said but then you don't need to respond to everything. You need to respond to our partners first and foremost. Exactly. And then the rest of the time when you're not responding to that, you can be working on the big projects that you deem the most important for your department. Right. And not just so-and-so sent you a ping, so you need to get back to them right now. Yeah. Because that stuff never ends. And they don't address this in the book, but activity breeds activity. Mm. So the more emails you respond to that you don't have to, the more responses you're going to get from those get. responses. It's never like one and done. It's never one and done. Yeah. You're just going to like get steamrolled with that stuff. Right. So there's different ways to apply that depending on your on your job, but I, I think you can take the like the meat and potatoes of that and, you know. I think that's like a big like growth area for me just knowing myself cuz I I really like to help people solve their problems and I get a lot out of that, like personally, 
And I think, like, man, it just takes a lot of self-discipline to be like, I know I want to help this person solve their problem, even though it's not really, quote, unquote, my problem. But, like, I just got to stay focused on the big picture, you know? You really have to prioritize. Yeah. It's, like, I think, I don't know how many pings I got today. I got a lot. But I only responded to one, and it was Mark's because it had to do with actually Minotti's. Minotti's, right. And it was a a partner thing, and that's part of the department that I oversee, and those people are really important. That's more important than anything internally at this point, really. Exactly. So you got to fire. Freaking sick. Fire that back out. Um, what do we got now? Oh, yeah, dude. dude. Culture. So much good stuff in culture. their culture. I know. It's hard to pick out what... I love their benefits. Oh, yeah. I love that their benefits are like, hey, we want you to get out of the office. So here's a list of benefits that can help you leave the office and feel good about it. Like, they pay for, like... They have, like, a, a fund that they give every employee for, like, extracurricular activities that they can do. Yeah, they don't have anything to do with work. Like, take a baking class. If you wanted to take archery class. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so sick. You could. You could do it. Underwater basket weaving. We're just, like, hyping up base camp, so... I know. <laughs> it... I... <sighs> work. You should work there. I know. <laughs> Go work at base camp. <laughs> I, I don't want it to sound like that, but I just... I resonate with these ideas a lot, so I'm Dude, totally fanboying out because I... I don't want to work in a place that feels super stressful. Yeah. And especially as the boss, which I hate that term too, I don't want to create a culture in which people feel stressed out all the time. And they they talk in the book, in the culture section, about how you, as the owner, like your word, like it weighs a lot. Carries weight. Yeah. Even if you say, oh yeah, no, which is funny because I sent you a text today. I'm like, do you want to do this? No pressure. (laughs) Like, (laughs) no pressure. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) Most people are going to be, uh, I should probably do it anyway. Which is funny, because the more that I've, like, had those kinds of interactions with, with the three of you guys, the more I've, like, learned that and been like, cool. Like, I know their word carries weight, but I also know, like, they don't mean it this way. We but have a pretty good relationship, I feel like. But it's so easy for, like, like if you said the same thing to, like, one of our cafe employees it's, that you don't interact with as much. It's different. Yeah, super different. They're like, oh, shit. I feel comfortable that you will, like, tell me no whenever yeah. you don't or can't. Totally. But, yeah, that's not the case. That's not the case with everybody. Right. Aside from, like, the, the stipend for them to pay for things, they also pay for their employees. Yeah, that's vacation. Vacations. That's that's fucked. That's <laughs> I can't even understand that. Like, so they pay their salary while they're gone. And they pay for the vacation. So they're paying, like, an extra, like, Two three thousand dollars probably. But what they did say was that it was in lieu of bonuses. Oh right. So they don't do bonuses. What they found is that bonuses people just came to feel like they were like an expected part of salary, so it didn't even feel like a bonus. Right. It just felt like cool. I usually get this many thousand dollars a year bonus, so I expect that anyway. This doesn't feel special, but getting a paid vacation yeah feels feels a little bit special. Right. And obviously, I think this is one of those areas where. You do what you can with what you can. Their model is super scalable because yeah. they don't produce a physical product. Mm. Their team is relatively small, where I think it's they only like 50, 50 people. 50 people, and it's, you know. 100,000 business customers. A year. So you or can do the math overall on that. users. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of money. Um, and this is where some of those dichotomies come in to where you sent out the How to Be a Boss book to some of our wholesale partners because you opened it up in our base camp forum that we have for them. True, true. 
And one of the things that Justin Kerr says in that book is every week, every day, walk the floor, go into your location, talk to people, connect yeah. with people. And one of the things that they're saying in this book is you don't have to show up to work at all. You right. can work from wherever you want. And I think that's the difference between a software company or something that doesn't produce a physical product versus a cafe or a totally. roastery or a place like ours where there is this physical location and being in it carries some weight. Yeah. There's a nexus. There's a nexus. It's a weird word. I feel like it's, if I never came to the cafe ever again, because I'm like, oh, the base camp people say you don't have to go into work, that would harm <laughs> the culture. Yeah, that would you suck. Know, if you never saw Jared again yeah, and just knew that he was out there doing work, it wouldn't be right. That's true. Yeah, there's a very particular aspect to our culture that involves participation like in this vibe <laughs> that we create in the cafe vibe vibe we're vibing we're vibing we're, we're gelling chris's favorite word <laughs> um, vibes joel the Top ryan word. from dune sent me a, a vibe standing word i think it was like mesh or something like that i forgot <laughs> i'm butchering it joel mesh is good i'm joel, sorry how are you doing i haven't talked to you in a long time i hope you're doing well hope you're doing well uh, they talk about really tuning out during your vacation if you take a mm. vacation you know, they tell to do that. employees <laughs> to delete the Basecamp app from their phone. I might do that. Don't answer it. I mean, yeah. you should. I mean, you should, depending on what your role is, like, I don't have any notifications for Basecamp turned on. Oh, yeah, me neither. I think it's interesting because this could potentially be like a weird point to where they make a communication software hmm. that is potentially super invasive. Yeah. And they're telling you to, you know, take your own time and, and get away from that. So you have to still use it in a way that works. But right. yeah, it's a tool. You have to like be aware that it has, you know, <laughs> it's got certain functionality. <laughs> Turn notifications off. And yeah. if you're using something like Basecamp, you can also set what they call work hours. Mm. So even if you have notifications on, you can set your work hours from like 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. And that's the only time it'll notify you. That's awesome. And other than that, it goes to goes to sleep yeah my strategy within the last year i've like turned all notifications off on my phone like except for text messages that's like the only thing that notifies me and i, I just know like that i can like check it whenever i want and you know i'd prefer to do that rather than be like told at that moment like hey you have a thing right it's look like, at me calm down pay attention to me it's <laughs> other people in your space all the time yeah i haven't had email on my phone for a couple of years now yeah and i don't have any notifications i think that's a healthy way to live i think it's the best i don't know it just seems stressful otherwise um, dude process process <sighs> is this where they talk about how they dude i love that they don't they don't really plan ahead no they go crazy in the moment. So they don't have a one-year goal, two-year goal, whatever. They work on the project that's right in front of them. Yeah. Um, and I think what, what they're saying or the idea around that is it allows them to focus really intensely on what is going on right then yeah. and not have to expend energy thinking about the theoretical or like what might happen in three years because you don't know. Yeah. You actually have no idea where your business is going to be in one year, two years, three years. People it, can like spend all this time like crafting this model of like, okay, this is what we're going to do year one, then year two, then year three. And then it doesn't go according to plan. And it's like all this work up front that's not necessary. It actually made me rethink the way we do some of that stuff because yeah. we do have like this one year, three year, five year plan. Yeah. And even just being in business this long for a couple of years, I can see that where my head is at now is in such a different place than it was when we opened. Right. So 
my idea of what the perfect plan is is already derailed. Totally. For sure. <laughs> um, and in some ways, I'm just like, dang it. That sucks. But then it's yeah. like really actually freeing to have that flexibility to go where you, you know you're going to be going to be awesome it's awesome so they only do like six weeks at a time so like each team at base camp works in these six-week project cycles which i know we've talked about on here before but and they just you know get that shit done during that six weeks and um you know once they're done with that they think about the next thing but it's just so cool you can respond to like like if i notice a trend in wholesale that's like i feel like our partners need more like of this like they need more resources or something i can be like cool let's focus on that right now instead of like something else and i think one thing that you've seen and made huge strides in is by having those focuses and the idea of actually having less to do setting a lot less goals yeah you get more done totally because your energy is all funneled into one like laser beam like blast of focus and you're not constantly juggling like 10 or 15 ideas that you kind of want to do. Yeah. You don't half-ass anything. You just go in, hammer it out, and then you can move on to the next thing. When I first started doing the wholesale stuff, I was like, I would get into these zones where I'd make this like epic list of things that I wanted to do where I was like, oh, I want to like make our onboarding better. I want to do like more accrual. I want to do better like like lead whatever pipeline process and blah, 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 all these things. And it's just, I would try to, like, work on all of them at once, and it was just silly. Like, I get nothing done. It's mentally exhausting. Stupid. It's, <laughs> it's super hard to dial that back because yeah. when you first start getting into that zone, you feel like you're being lazy because you write out right. your to-do list. It's really small. It's only got a couple <laughs> things on it, and you're just like, this can't be right. But I think that's, like, that's like what normal is supposed to be, I think. <laughs> that, exactly. It, but it feels wrong in the right. moment. You're just like, I'm not doing enough. Because we're all, like, set to, like, be overachievers, kind of. It's like, if I showed this, like, if someone asked me, what am I working on, and I showed them a list of one to two things, my initial thought is they're going to think I'm lazy. Right. They're going to think, like, what is he even doing? But you're actually going to get them done. They're going to be really high-quality results versus doing, a, like, ten more things at lower-quality results. The quality is such a key thing, yeah. too. And Gosh. We, Carol and I have been just had this focus shift on the web sales side of things. Mm. And we've been working on these projects because we had, we had sales goals that we were playing towards. And even when we were meeting them, we were so focused on those goals that it wasn't really fun. And we were putting out work that really wasn't optimum. Yeah. But just in the past like couple of weeks, we're like, okay, we're going to shift our focus from what it is now to really focusing on the people who are our, yeah, I can't talk our subscription customers. Right the people who buy in every month because they're super important to us and yeah. they've shown a lot of faith in the brand and what we do. Rip. And we want to figure out fun ways to engage with and reward that. So Dude, yeah. if you're a subscription customer, there's some fun, cool stuff coming. And aside from it feeling like it's the right thing to do, even just starting to work on it has been really, really fun. And I yep. know we're going to make things that are just like epically high quality and That's messed up. Freaking crazy. What up, Daniel? Dude, we're getting a <laughs> photo. We're getting... Podcast photo op right here. Double double shaka. Live cast. You can find it. You can find it on the internet. No big deal. <laughs> Holy. Yeah, I mean, they round off with talking about the idea of calm again and that calm is in the black. And that if you're running yeah. an awesome business and not overextending yourself, 
Gosh. That that itself breeds a calm environment because you're never underwater. Yeah. You're never scrapping. You never are taking, like, putting out more money than you're bringing in. Right. And the idea that, like, slow and steady growth is totally fine. Totally. You don't have to go so hard so fast that you're just all debt and no profit because that's when things get frantic. Yeah. And when things get frantic, that's when you feel pressure and that's when your values are compromised and that's when good intentions turn bad. They turn bad. I I think this book has like so many applications for, you know, in their industry for sure. But I think also for like cafe managers, restaurant managers, those people that like, you meet a lot of people in those roles that are just thinking like, man, I am stressed. It's always crazy at work. I'm always doing 20,000 things. But I think like there's really interesting potential to translate the lessons in this book into like the cafe retail kind of environment. And like, that's going to be some magic for a lot of people. I a hundred percent agree. I've already in, I mean, we both read this in two days. It was finished and started it again. I tried to read it in one, but I fell asleep (laughs) because I I was so tired. I remember we both got to a hundred pages, like the first day that we had it. And I was just like, this is crazy. It's just, I just, it's a page turner. It's a page turner for sure. And it'll get your mind going for sure. And even though, you know, some of the nitpicky people might be like, well, I, my work's different. It's yeah. really not that different. It's not. You can take the ideas and apply them to what you do. It may yeah. be not, it won't manifest itself in the exact same way, yeah. but, but the structure is there. Like the idea is there. Right. And that's the important part. And I, I think everyone should read this. Dude. And I, I just see a lot of people that are way overworked, way burned out. Yeah. Especially if you're a business owner or if you're a manager or if you have some sort of power over anything. Yeah. And honestly, even these ideas have, I've applied this to my personal life already. Totally. What's, what's an example? Well, I, I feel a lot of pressure after work to do a ton of things to make my day feel like it was complete. Gotcha. And I have a lot of different hobbies and a lot of different things. And sometimes I feel like I need to go home from work and then I need to exercise and then I need to skate and then I need to do an art project and then I need to make a video and then I need to do these things. Work part two. (laughs) Yeah. It's like work part two. And it almost feels like this list of things that I need to check off. Mm. And if I don't check off this list of things, then I'm not Chris Bach anymore. Dang. Like those things are defining me. Right. And through reading this book, I'm like, I don't actually have to feel that way. Yeah. Like I don't need to feel that pressure. I can take, one thing and do one extracurricular thing a day, feel good about myself and then see what happens. Like, let's say I put my workout on the calendar. If I work out and then I want to go skate afterwards, cool. If I don't, that's fine. That's fine too. And I don't need to beat myself up about it. That's awesome. And just the YouTube is that other thing to where, you know, you make a video a week and then sometimes it feels like work. Sometimes it feels like fun. And I'm just, Hmm. I put pressure on myself in that arena and just shifting the focus for what it has to be. And like, Every video that I make doesn't have to blow someone's mind. Right. It can just be this little fun thing that I did because I wanted to. Mm. And, you know, maybe it gets less views and less likes, but that's not really what it's about. Like, yeah. it's not supposed to be a business. I already have one of those. It's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be just for fun, something that I do because I want to. Right. Um, but things like transition to that work way with me, I right. think it's because I'm really competitive naturally and I want to be and this like with yourself high too. achiever. Yeah. And so... But it's not always healthy. Dude, I get that. Man, I'm feeling that. On this Sunday, I, like, I cooked so much stuff. 
and I got so burnt out. Like I cooked like I think six different things on s- this past Sunday, like gumbo, donuts, <laughs> lunch for the week, breakfast for all this stuff. And I was doing it in the sense of like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. But really, I, I probably could have just stepped back and been like, hey, dude, you could chill and like cook something like during the week. Yeah. <laughs> it's it was crazy. Fun. I was watching because I do all those things and I was watching TV last night and I'm not like the biggest TV fan. Cause I always, I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. So I took a moment and I lay down and Jenny and I were watching TV and I'm like, I literally asked her, is this okay? Am I wasting yeah. my life? <laughs> and <laughs> she looked at me and she said, it's okay. This is what normal people do. <laughs> it's all right to relax every once in a while. That's awesome. It's okay to be calm. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I get that way too. There's like the guilt after like binging, something on Netflix where you're like, oh, gosh, I feel like weird now. Yeah, it's definitely a weird thing, but it's okay sometimes, you know? I love it. I love that they're talking about just just because you're not this, you know, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk type character doesn't mean you don't matter. Right. You know, you don't have to have these outrageous dreams for your life to make a difference or to be happy. Not everyone totally needs to be like the most crazy epic fucking yeah. whatever mogul. It's just it's not it's not even real. And even if you want to change the world, that's great. Change the world, but don't do it by compromising yourself. And like your self-worth and self-happiness and just, just keep that balance. Man, if you could change the world and keep a balanced life, that's some real shit. That's amazing. This book <laughs> is great. It's changing everything for me. Yeah. It I'm doesn't have it to be crazy at work. <laughs> Everyone, I think you should go buy it. Go I'm, buy it. I'm, I'm voting for it. We don't even, we're not even sponsored by Basecamp. Not sponsored right? by it. <laughs> it's no incentive here. No incentive. I just, I, I get real excited about the things that I'm excited about. This is just a passion podcast right here. Let's read the cover really quickly. <laughs> These things are on the cover, crossed out. 80-hour week, past pack schedules. schedules, super busy. Endless meetings. Overflowing inbox. Unrealistic deadlines. Can't sleep. Sunday afternoon emails. No time to think. Stuck at the office. All-nighters. Chat is blown up. Those are all bad things. Doesn't have to be crazy. Good things. Eight-hour days. 40-hour weeks. Plenty of time to myself. Comfortably paced days. No weekend work. R- rarely a meeting. No rushing. Realistic deadlines. No knee-jerk reactions. Time to consider. A great night's sleep. Ample autonomy. And you can work from anywhere. That's the gist of it. That's it. This is the Cat and Cloud Podcast. I'm Chris. Okay, I'm Alex. All right. Goodbye, y'all. Goodbye, you guys. The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. They make coffee brewers. Ever heard of them? If you haven't, you should. They're an awesome family-owned company. They're here in California. They power their facility with solar power, which I hear that's like a new hot thing that progressive people do. The best thing about Curtis, in my humble opinion, is the turnaround time on the brewers. They have a 24-hour turnaround. It's phenomenal. If you've ever ordered a brewer for a wholesale client from someone else and waited and waited and waited for it to come in, you know how frustrating that is. So being able to get the brewer next day like that is absolutely amazing. Shout out to you, Wilbur Curtis. Their customer service is phenomenal. And they just care. They care about you. They care about me. And I care about them. And that's why Cat Cloud Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis.